Hello, and welcome to the Entertaining Abstracts podcast. I am your host, Sarah. I started this podcast, as I have mentioned previously, for all the cool, paranormal, supernatural, and just plain mysterious stories that I don't get to talk about on our sister podcast, Bizarre and Fascinating Details. With that being said, this podcast is here to talk about some of the crazy and absolutely mind-blowing stories that we don't get to talk about on that podcast, and today we are going to talk about a subject that I have found fascinating for quite a while, and I've actually heard this on numerous podcasts as well, but this is the story of Carl Tanzler, and I found this particular article about him on allthatsinteresting.com. The name of the article is Carl Tanzler Fell in Love with His Patient, Then Lived with Her Corpse. In 1931, Dr. Carl Tanzler fell in love with a patient he was treating for tuberculosis. This love made him determined to keep his patient alive, which he attempted to do quite literally by removing her corpse from the mausoleum it was housed in and holding it together with coat hangers, wax, and silk. Here is the story. Carl Tanzer was born in 1877 and reportedly studied weather patterns in Austria in 1910, where he stayed until the end of World War I. Upon returning home, Tanzler married and had two children in 1920, and the family emigrated to, to Zephyr Hills, Florida. Tanzler quickly abandoned his brood after accepting a position as a radiologic technician in Key West, where he worked for the U.S. Marine Hospital under the name Count Von Kosol. When a Cuban-American woman named Maria Elena Milagro de Hoyas walked into the hospital, the doctor saw before him an actual dream come true. Born in Key West in 1909, the daughter of a cigar maker and a homemaker, Hoyas was raised in a large family and was brought to the hospital by her mother after becoming ill. As a young boy in Germany, Tanzler would often have visions of a stunning dark-haired woman who was predestined to be his one true love. The 22-year-old beauty in front of him now resembled his childhood premonitions so closely that he immediately became convinced their love was meant to be. Unfortunately for both of them, Tanzler's prognosis for young Hoyas was not great. Having diagnosed her with tuberculosis, which was still considered to be a fatal disease in the early 1900s, and despite the lack of qualifications needed to treat a tuberculosis patient, Tanzler was determined to save Hoyas and used a variety of specially made tonics, elixirs, and medicines in an effort to do so. Carl Tanzler administered these treatments in Hoya's family home, showering her with gifts and declaring his love all the while. Despite his best efforts, Hoya succumbed to her illness in October 1931, leaving her family and newly obsessed caretaker heartbroken. Tanzler insisted on purchasing a pricey stone mausoleum in Key West Cemetery for her remains to lay, and with her parents' permission, he hired a mortician to prepare her body before locking her inside. Hoya's family didn't realize that the only key to the tomb would remain in Tanzler's possession. Tanzler would quickly take advantage of this privilege, and would res- this would result in one of the most macabre tales of all times. Tanzler visited Hoya's grave every night for nearly two years, a habit that stopped abruptly when he lost his job for reasons unknown. While her family did consider this drastic change of behavior to be a bit strange, they could not have imagined the reasoning behind it. In April 1933, Tanzer removed Hoya's body from the mausoleum, no longer requiring him to make his nightly visits to the graveyard as she would now be housed in his own home. 
Now, two years deceased, Carl Tanzer was left with the task of maintaining Hoya's corpse. He did this as needed inside of an old airplane he had repurposed into a makeshift medical laboratory. There, he looked into a number of DIY tricks to keep the young woman's decaying body intact, including plaster of Paris and glass eyes to maintain the integrity of her face, as well as coat hangers and other wires to stabilize her skeletal frame. He had her torso stuffed with rags in an attempt to preserve its original form, and he covered her scalp with bits of real hair. Tanser added copious amounts of perfumes, flowers, disinfectants, and preserving agents to keep the rotting odor at bay, and routinely applied mortician's wax to Hoya's face in an effort to keep her alive. Carl Tanser had the corpse wrapped in a dress, gloves, and jewelry, and placed the body in his own bed, which he shared with the corpse for the next seven years. Pretty much the entire town talked about the reclusive man often, and he was seen buying women's clothing and perfume, on top of one local boy's account of witnessing the doctor dancing with what appeared to be a giant doll. Hoya's family began to suspect that something was off, and after Hoya's sister showed up at Tansler's home in 1940, the jig was up. There, she found what she believed to be a life-size effigy of her departed sister. Arriving authorities quickly determined that the doll was in fact Hoyas herself, and they arrested Tanzler for grave robbing. An autopsy of the body revealed the intricacies of Tanzler's work, which included a paper tube inserted between her legs forming a makeshift vagina. Although Tanzler never admitted to committing any necrophiliac acts, a psychiatric evaluation determined that Tanzler was competent to stand trial, and although some reports state that his ultimate plans involve flying Hoyas high into the stratosphere so that radiation from outer space could penetrate her tissues and restore life to her form. Despite everything, the statute of limitations had expired for the crime he was accused of committing, leaving him to go free. Hoya's body was placed on display at a local funeral home where nearly 7,000 people came to see the corrupted corpse for themselves. Her body was finally laid to rest once and for all in an unmarked grave in a Key West cemetery. Carl Tanzer actually received quite a bit of compassion through the trial with some even viewing him as a hopeless, albeit eccentric, romantic. Nevertheless, he went on to live out the rest of his days alone and died in his home in 1952, where he was discovered three weeks after his passing. That was pretty much the story in a nutshell, but Carl Tanzer himself was a really, really interesting guy. This guy was a German-born radiology technologist at the Marine Hospital Service in Key West, Florida. But that's not all there is to this. He went by many names. He was listed as George Carl Tanzler in his German marriage certificate and also Carl Tanzler von Kosel on his United States citizenship papers and Carl Tanzler on his Florida death certificate. Some of the local hospital records were also signed as Count Carl Tanzler von Kosel, but he was born Carl Tanzler or George Carl Tanzler February 8, 1977 in Dresden, Germany. He grew up in Imperial Germany, but at some point wound up in Australia just prior to the outbreak of World War I. Around 1920, following his return to Germany, Tanzler married Doris Schaefer. Together they had two children, Aisha Tanzler and Clarista Tanzler, 
who died of diphtheria, ultimately. Tanzler emigrated to the U.S. from Germany in 1926, sailing from Rotterdam on February 6, 1926, to Havana, Cuba. And then from Cuba, he went to Zephyr Hills, Florida, where his sister had already emigrated and provided a way for him to get there as well. He was later joined by his wife and two daughters. But then it appears that he left them behind in Zephyr Hills in 1927 and took a job as a radiology technician. And that was when he started working at the Marine Hospital. At that point, he started working under the name Carl von Kosel. During his childhood in Germany and later while traveling in Italy, Tanzler claimed to have been visited by visions of a dead purported ancestor, Countess Anna Constania von Kosel. And this is the point where it was revealed to him that the face of his true love was a dark-haired, exotic woman, and thus his later obsession with his with Maria Elena. On April 22, 1930, while Tanzler was working at the hospital, that's the point where he met Maria Elena Milagro de Hoyas. She was a local Cuban-American woman, and she'd been brought in for tuberculosis. Tanzler at that point evidently immediately recognized her as this beautiful dark-haired woman that he'd been seeing in all these dreams and visions. And if you look at pictures of her, and we'll post some of these on our social media accounts, you can see that she was a very good-looking woman. A little bit about Elena. She was the daughter of a local cigar maker and a homemaker, as I mentioned earlier. On February 18, 1926, Hoyas married Luis Mesa. But Mesa left Hoyas shortly after she suffered a miscarriage of the couple's child and moved to Miami. Hoyas was still legally married to Mesa at the time of her death. We all know, per the story that I just read, that Hoyas was eventually diagnosed with tuberculosis, which is a fatal disease at that time. And this disease eventually claimed the lives of most of her immediate family as well. Now, Tanzer had a self-proclaimed medical knowledge. He never had any documented evidence that he was an actual doctor or even a radiologist for that matter. But he attempted to treat and cure Hoyas with a whole ton of medicines and x-rays and electrical equipment that he brought into the Hoyas home. He also showered Hoyas with gifts of jewelry and clothing and tried to show his love for her on numerous occasions. But there's absolutely zero evidence in any sort of documentation that this affection was reciprocated by Hoyas in any way, shape, or form. But we all know that Hoyas eventually died of tuberculosis at her parents' home in Key West, October 25th, 1931. Tanser paid for a funeral and then constructed the above-ground mausoleum in the Key West Cemetery that he visited every night. We all know that he took the body, and and it wasn't until 1940 that they found out that he actually had her in his home, her actual corpse. So we know about the history of this case, and we know what happened. We know he went to court, and the case was eventually dismissed because the statute of limitations had passed. But in 1944, Tanzler moved to Pasco County, Florida, which was closer to the Zephyr Hills, Florida community where he wrote an autobiography that appeared to be more pulp fiction than anything else. It was called Fantastic Adventures, and it was released in 1947. His home was near his wife, Doris, who apparently helped to support him in his later years. He did receive U.S. citizenship in 1950 in Tampa, and separated from his obsession, he used a death mask to create a life-size effigy of Hoyas and lived with it until his death at the age of 75 on July 3, 1952. It was at that point that his body was discovered on the floor of his home three weeks after his death, and he died under the name Carl Tanzler. 
It has been recounted that Tanzer was found in the arms of the Hoyas effigy upon discovering his corpse, but his obituary reported that he died on the floor behind one of his organs, so who knows whether they tried to save him or didn't want to embarrass him. The obituary recounted a metal cylinder on a shelf above a tablet in it wrapped in a silken cloth and robe was a waxen image. It has been written, most notably by a number of different authors, that Tanser had the body switched or that Hoya's remains were secretly returned to him and that he died with the real body of Hoya's, which is absolutely baffling and horrifying. I think that if we looked at this case today and someone did something like this in modern times, we would definitely have an issue where there would be some mental illness that would be called into question and... I think that this case is interesting because at the time he was sort of looked at as this kind of crazy romantic guy and that he was doing this for love, et cetera, et cetera. But if I was Hoyas, I would be absolutely horrified at the situation. I wouldn't want to be, um, to have my body desecrated in such a way after I died. And granted, you know, you're dead and so you really don't feel it or, or know it, but it just seems absolutely, absolutely horrifying. This guy was allowed to do this with the body of a woman that was neither his wife or any legal relative to him. He had no rights to her body or her. And it's just horrifying that he was allowed to get away with doing this. Um, So I'm kind of of mixed mind. I mean, it does sound as though this man was sort of a romantic and he, he loved her. It's obvious of that, but it, in other aspects, it just seems like this is a very, very crazy case. And I would not want somebody to do this to me if I passed away of tuberculosis. It just seems very disrespectful and kind of gross. So shoot me an email if you've got other opinions on this, or if you have a viewpoint that you want to share, you can always shoot us an email if you would like at entertainingabstracts at yahoo.com. And we will drop that into the show notes as well as the sources that we used for the show tonight. In the meantime, please rate, review, and subscribe to our little podcast and join us next week for another really crazy tale of wild and interesting proportions. Good night, folks.